I'm Jim Hutchinson with the New Jersey Delaware Bay edition of the Fisherman Magazine with our video fishing forecast for this Thursday, March 2nd, 2023. And the countdown to opening day that we've been carrying on about for the last month or so, it's over. It's game on. Striped bass kickoff out back here in the Garden State. And it doesn't matter if the temps, what the temps are outside, the 2023 season is underway. Now here at the Atlantic City Boat Show this week, which runs through Sunday, so no worm soaking for me in the next couple of days. We'll talk more about the show and we'll take a look at the winter flounder and striped bass options. But first, let's talk about the next season of interest here in the Garden State. That will start with black sea bass sometime in the spring and also summer flounder, porgies as well. The big story this week, tonight, Thursday, March 2nd, 5 p.m., the New Jersey Marine Fisheries Council will meet at the Galloway branch of the Atlanta County Library. That's at 306 East Jimmy Leeds Road in Galloway. If you read the Fisherman Magazine, the March edition is out. We mistakenly said it was going to be in Stafford Township. They have moved that meeting in the last several weeks to Galloway. So that's where I'll be sometime, uh, sometime tonight. Got to sneak out of the show and head over to Galloway to find out about what's going on with fluke, sea bass, and porgies. I'm 99% certain that the fluke regulations in New Jersey are going to be the same in 2023 as in 2022, but we will have some updates on black sea bass and porgies. Now, if you can't get out of work or if you can't get out of the show, you can log in. It's an online webinar as well. The email that you received from the Fisherman Magazine earlier this week talking about this show and also the New Jersey Marine Fisheries Council meeting, it's that same email that you saw with Mike Caruso's trip to Japan and the Maxell Reel Review. You can log in there, check it out. There's a link in that story at thefisherman.com. It's in your email from Tuesday. You can find out about that online presence on Thursday. Of course, I'll have all the answers on fluke sea bass and porgies too, Friday and Saturday and Sunday here at the Atlantic City Boat Show. We have two booths here in Atlantic City. The first one, number 147 at the beginning of the marketplace. And I'm also spending most of my days here, 726 back near the seminars, right near this great big pool of water. The folks at Fanatics, actually, you can come out and test the Eclipse 2 from Hobie and paddle around in here, pedal around in here if you wish. Uh, I heard him say before that only one person has ever fallen in, and that person was rather inebriated. Get your tickets for this show at acboatshow.com. You can log in there, find out all the information about the seminars. Uh, of course, stop by either one of our booths, get your new and renewing subscription to the Fisherman Magazine. You will get a package of fish bites, the fight clubs, which are fantastic when fluke season starts, and also a package of BKK hooks. Hey, I mentioned those seminars, by the way. Friday night, we have a change in plans. Uh, we don't have a Wahoo seminar here in Atlantic City. Captain Darren uh, was called out of town. He will be here this weekend but instead Jenny Ackerman from Grumpy's and she's done some stuff with the Fisherman magazine she's working our booth this weekend but she's got a bucktailing fluke seminar here Atlantic City Friday night 6 p.m. 
come on out and check it out. I've got a couple of special guests with me this week. Tom P. from Rack and Fin Radio. Captain Bob Bolger will also be here, and Jenny's going to be working the booth this weekend as well. I'm also happy to have Roxanne Wilmer. She's come up from Florida. Gray Fish Tag Research. She'll be in the booth Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We're talking about the Northeast Striped Bass Study. If you've got any questions about all that ongoing uh, satellite research work that we've been doing with striped bass, make sure you stop by the booth Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Talk to Roxanne. I've also got a very special decal that was done exclusively by Carrie Chen and exclusively for Gray Fish Tag Research. That's $25. That's a great way of showing your support for this ongoing charitable research. Now, the study on striped bass this week, this, this week is bloodworms, sod banks, sedges, right? The uh, bloodworm gets the nod, sands a qualified second place sandworms, uh, but some will be casting the swim shads like the NLBNs or the Kettle Creeks, maybe some smaller Rapalas or the smaller SP minnows as well. Uh, jig heads, those plastics there, maybe a couple of bloodworms on the jig head, especially if you're out on the, your skiff, your center console, your kayak this week. Try some of those salty rivers, lagoons, even some of the canals uh, as well. Across the board, folks have been talking about this warmer than normal winter that we've had and water temperatures being pretty, pretty high. Uh, I think in the mid 40s out on the ocean, I've got a report, Mullica River uh, water temperatures 45 46 degrees which is really pretty conducive to having a great early start to that striped bass um, bite going on for more than 20 years anglers everywhere have come to know one thing that nothing says no to fish bites um, breaking news this week for local warm soakers in mystic island little egg harbor kenny from pels is working with Team Albertson, reopening Scott's Bait and Tackle right there in Little Egg Harbor, Mystic Island, Radio Road, as of uh, Wednesday, opening day. Uh, we stopped by and saw Kenny, wished him the best of luck. He's got jumbo bloodworms. He's also got the regular uh, bloodworms as well. In fact, when I stopped by on Wednesday to say hi and congrats to Kenny, see if Scotty was around. I did see a few folks down the road from Scott's soaking bloods at the point. Uh, I do have to make a call or two. Maybe somebody who's watching this video knows they've just put a weird new breakwater out there at the end there. Somebody knows what that's all about. Make sure you chime in here on our YouTube broadcast. I will be making a couple of calls in the next couple of days. It started early Wednesday morning. I got a message from Carl Hartman. American angler. He was up on the Hackensack around 6.46 a.m. He released a 30 and a half incher there on the Hackensack River. He was using bloodworm. A couple of hours later, he had another catch and release fish, 32 incher. So that's good to see. We did talk to a lot of folks perch fishing in the Hackensack over the winter months who said the stripers were pretty hungry. So that's a good sign. Uh, just a little farther to the south, fill at the tackle box. Uh, in Hazlitt, he said a worm ball rig under cover of dark ostensibly did it on the Raritan Bay for Jeff Criswell Jr., who was the first to weigh in or the check-in with Phil at the tackle box this season. We'll track down the worm ball rig at some point, that video how-to in the next couple of weeks. I have it in my files somewhere. And congratulations to Rick Ravenstall, who was first to weigh in at Abseekin Bay Sportsman uh, on Wednesday morning. He had a 29-incher, a 10.9-pound striped bass that Dave referred to as, quote, definitely a woods fish. 
So that's the first over at Absecon Bay. I remember years past when Dave gives that gift certificate, sometimes it takes several days before the first striper is checked in. It didn't take very long. Uh, as a matter of fact, in our thumbnail of the week, Dan, uh, um, uh, Rob English, who did a seminar here at the Atlantic City Boat Show on Wednesday, he shared with me the fact that before he came and did a seminar, he was working the night hours, March 1st, sometime between 12 a.m. and dark, or, or first light, and he too got himself a striper on that kayak, so that's a good sign. I did get a chance to speak with Billy and the crew from uh, Fanatics here at the show. They said water temperatures out back there in the Great Egg area, 45, 46 degrees, and that's good for bloodworms or those soft plastics down low and slow. Billy said, quote, I don't think it will be tough to find a striper right now. So that's good throughout the Garden State. Outback Stripe Bass open as of Wednesday, March 1st. It's Katie bar the door at this point. So you do have the bloods. If you can get some clams, that's good, or the sandworms. But I do think those artificials are gonna take their share uh, of stripers from this point all the way through into the official days of spring. The weather forecast for Friday and Saturday looks like it could be a tad wet and chilly at times, a little better on Sunday. But over the next week, the temperatures are expected to stay in the 40s, around in the, in the high, uh, upper 40s. That's the high temperature, uh, but it shouldn't really impact things too much. Again, areas of the Hackensack, Hudson River Piers perhaps, um, Akira up there at True World Tackle in Bayonne. He's been carrying bloodworms all winter long. You can expect that, that to, to, to continue uh, through this striped bass season. Of course, the Raritan Bayshore, and of, of course, a few of our salty rivers. Uh, I'm thinking Tom's, Mullica, Great Egg, uh, and I'm, I'm anxious to find out from the Fortescue guys at some point. Higby's is back open. So maybe we'll get some stripers down there along Fortescue Beach as well. But it is open for business for striped bass. Of course, winter flounder as well. A lot of guys down here in South Jersey, flounder is a fluke, right? But for the folks in Shark River, uh, I know Bobby at Fisherman's Den said they're ready for winter flounder. That includes a couple of the rental boats. They've got them there if you want to sneak out on a rental boat because yours isn't in the water yet. But both Bobby and Tom from the shop believe everything points to an early season for the bass and flounder. Water temperatures there have been above normal. Normal. There's actually been a few bunker on the scene as well. I have heard, I swear, I've heard an osprey over my house in the last week. I saw a commercial fisherman, Tim Brindley, out of Barnegat Light today. He showed me video of a pelican uh, flying around the area. So this is a good sign, all a good sign. We're waiting for those laughing gulls, right? But at no, at, at, before we know it, herring are here, more bunker schools in thick, so that's all good. Chris Ferry sent me a video clip from Sandy Hook this week. It looks like gannets diving on bait. In fact, the, the folks from Pier 47 here said, yeah, they've got reports of herring entering into some of the uh, lower southern par portions of the state of New Jersey. So that's also a good sign. Uh, so expect to see those big herring gulls, the ospreys, and of course, can't wait to hear that cackle of the black-headed laughing gulls. That is the sign. If you're looking to gear up for that March 1st opening of striped bass this week and for the rest of this early part of the early tides of March, make sure you pick up that March edition of the Fisherman Magazine. I've got copies over at the booth. 
you're a subscriber, I hope you've already gotten it. There's a great article in there from Nick Konachewski who's talking about gearing up for those March stripers. So make sure you get that subscription to the Fisherman Magazine. Do it here at the show this week, and I'll send you out of here with the fish bites and the BKK hooks. Um, but that is probably the best advice that I can give is pick up the Fisherman Magazine for those tactical tips from uh, Nick Konachewski. Of course, stop by, talk to me about the fish you're catching this week because I'm stuck at the booth, and I would love to hear about your experiences. New Jersey Tog is now officially on a one-month hiatus. Uh, we will reopen that fishery again in April. Someone emailed me recently, said, you know that guy Frank Mahalik who writes all those uh, uh, Tog articles in the Fisherman Magazine? He talks about the Belmar rig, but he doesn't tell me exactly how to tie it. Well, I'll tell you what, I've got a great little how-to video from Frank to share with you, plus Another couple of dead whales and dead dolphins uh, somewhere as the wind and whale debate rages on. More about that in about two minutes, but first, let's check in with my friend George, the Pocono Outdoors guy. It's the Groundhog's Revenge. Depending on where you are, up to 10 inches of snow fell across our area. Much, much different than it was last week. You know, last week we had uh, temps near 60 here in the Poconos. And water temps at the Delaware River near Regalsville, well, they were up close to 45 degrees. Almost shad fishing temperatures there. We were all set for an opening, early opening to the shad fishing season. But Mother Nature was not having it. Old man winter had to make one more appearance. Unfortunately, that has temperatures way down and pushed that temperature in the river back down to about 38 degrees as I checked it this morning. And looking ahead, it doesn't look like we'll have a whole lot of change over the next week. So it looks like that early start we were hoping for might be delayed another week or two. So we'll have to keep an eye on that, guys, for you. Now, also, while we were looking for, for some shad, which are almost not around this time with uh, the cold water, the walleye were. I checked in with Eric Fisler. Uh, he's heading up that... Uh, bi-state annual shad fishing contest as he gets ready for that well this cold water he says i'm going out walleye fishing he managed to get a couple uh, nice walleye here on a stick bait in the delaware near regalsville as well so there is some good fishing guys if you want to get out and get on it uh, also we got the trout you know the pa fish commission has been stocking trout now uh, they're promising to stock something like 3.2 million trout in pennsylvania if you want to find out where they're stocking in your area go to fishing boat.com for more information guys fish is going to be tough over the next week but i hope you get out and get on them from pennsylvania i'm george your pocono outdoors guy Hey, be sure to check out George's most recent podcast. You can find that at easternangler.podbean.com. George and I sat down together for a little while at the Philadelphia Fishing Show, and we had a really good time. Of course, you know now that I have entered into the podcast world. My first podcast with Nick Konachewski was also done at the Philadelphia Fishing Show. You can look for it on the podcast app on your smartphone or going to Google Podcasts find The Fisherman Magazine, and then look for my new podcast called The Road. I've been told I've got a face for radio. That's why we're doing this. As reported at CBS News Philly on Tuesday, an eight-foot-long bottlenose dolphin was found dead on the beach at 50th Street in Avalon on Monday. Now, the marine mammal stranding folks out of Brigantine, they picked up that whale on Tuesday, and they've sent it off to the state However, according to CBS News, 
Getting the necropsy done will be challenging for state officials because the state lab is full. Andy at Riptide Bait and Tackle, while I was here at the uh, uh, Atlantic City Boat Show Wednesday, let me know that a dead dolphin washed up on the beaches there this week as well. And I've got this video sent to me from a commercial fisherman out of Barnegat Light. This was off of Seaside this week, a dead humpback floating along right outside of Seaside in Ocean County. Now, I'm not exactly sure if that's the same whale as the one we heard about the weekend before that. You see, another dead whale was spotted floating around off Sandy Hook over the weekend, just off of Ambrose Bowie in the shipping lanes. News 12 said that's the 11th dead whale reported in recent weeks, so maybe Seaside becomes number 12. I know, I know, the government has said that this spate of dead whales, the unnatural whale mortality event, has nothing to do with wind energy development. I mean, we've had a spate of dead whales since 2016 and that those wind surveys, they started in 2015. Vessel-based site assessment surveys using high-resolution geophysical equipment. I don't know if there's a connection. The government says there's absolutely no connection. And Jeffrey Epstein committed suicide in his prison and COVID-19 did not come from a Wuhan lab. Congressman Jeff Van Drew, he's the congressman down here in South Jersey. He does have a field hearing scheduled sometime in March, March 16th. I plan to be there. Hopefully we'll find out more information then as some of our government officials are put on a table with their hand on the Bible saying, I swear to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth, so help me God. We shall see. Your next chance to win wide trackers from Sterling Tackle here at the Atlantic City Boat Show. Stop by one of our booths. I told you it's 147, the other one is 726. Some subscriber, a new or renewing subscriber to the Fisherman Magazine, will be getting a call from the folks at Sterling Tackle about where the, your new wide trackers can be sent. I hope it's you. I did say before, TOG is now on a one-month break. February 28th was the last day. It picks up again in April. For hardcore TOGGers, pick up that March edition of the Fisherman Magazine. Frank Mahalik goes through these doldrums himself. He loves TOG fishing, and March tends to be a time when he should get depressed. But he's already busy gearing up, taking care of his equipment, and figuring out his whole charter operation, his whole MO for April. Now, I got a recent email from somebody who said, you know, Frank often writes about the Belmar rig when he's talking about TOG. Can you tell me how to tie that rig? Well, I grabbed a hold of Frank recently. I sat him down, I said, Frank, tie this Belmar rig on video so people know exactly how to do it. So now you can. So enjoy these few minutes with Frank Mahalik, and I will see you at the show. And I'm hoping you're up to your ankles in blood worms and striped bass guts. See you next week, catch them up. I constantly field questions about blackfish rigging and I'm very concerned about blackfish failure points. We often talk about the Belmar rig and it's very often confused with what a Belmar rig actually is. So I'm gonna take a couple minutes today and show you how to do that. We're gonna start off tying a slider rig. Everybody snells hooks their own way. Whatever works.
works for you. However you snow it is just fine. For a slider rig, I'm gonna put the hook straight down and it's gonna nest just perfectly like that. I'm gonna come up, I'm gonna tie a perfection loop. I usually like my rigs to be about 14 inches long or so an hour area in Cape May. If there's a whole lot of current, I'll shorten that up to maybe 10. If there's less current, maybe I'll go up to about 16. So this is the slider rig, or you could use a single hook rig, whatever's more comfortable for you. So the Belmar rig is actually a way to connect your leadered hook into your main line for black fishing. It's an extremely strong connection uh, with no hardware. You start off with a, a section of double line like this, and you can make this section of line between like 12 inches. If you're in a really sticky, nasty piece, I might make this six feet long if I'm dropping down inside of a barge or something. For most cases, I'm gonna make this about a foot and a half long. I'm gonna go up here to the top, and I'm going to tie a two-turn spider hitch. I'm gonna go around two fingers, then I'm gonna go around one finger, and then I'm gonna drop the end of the double line back through itself. It's just a really short two-turn spider hitch. You could also do a double surgeon's loop if you want right there, okay? Next thing we're gonna do is we're gonna hang our sinker from it. And this is to keep both legs of this double line perfectly even. We want them to be very even and straight. We don't want one a little bit longer than the other because that will cause this to kind of loosen up a little bit. And then when you're dropping your weight to the bottom, sometimes the, weight, the bait will come up here and get between the legs of the Belmar rig. So we don't want that. So, so far so good. Next thing we're gonna do is we're gonna tie in our slider rig into this double line. So I'm gonna fold the double, I'm normal, traditionally I'm gonna come up four fingers. I'm gonna fold that double line over. I'm gonna take my slider rig or single hook or whatever you want. And I'm gonna take this folded double line and I'm gonna put it right through the perfection loop on my, on my rig hook. I'm gonna take my hooks, pass it through the loop at a double line. I'm gonna snug that up a little bit. Then I'm gonna take my sinker and my double line and I'm just gonna tie two overhand loops around the snelled hook. I'm gonna crank on it a little bit, get it nice and tight, make sure everything's locked in. If it doesn't lock in nice and straight, you can just pull that leadered hook. It sticks out real nice at a 90 degree angle. And that is your Belmar rig.